The views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. It is a Friday evening. Sorry about our late start for those that's catching the live broadcast. We normally try to be on air at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern sharply, but we were having some issues with our digital radio server and had to resolve those. And so I'm apologizing right now for being late. Um, But I will be on air for the next hour. If you have any questions or comments, please try to get them in. Don't wait till the end of the uh, live broadcast. If you have any questions or comments to share with the listening audience, uh, which includes our podcast listeners, shout out to you all. Thank you for your support. Um, But today, I want to continue to talk about this historic moment that occurred yesterday at the White House where you had a individual, not a politician, I wouldn't even say really a community activist unless they're trying to get into it now, but but you had a person, let a, and, and specifically a black man, tell the pre- president of the United States that the U.S. Constitution doesn't abolish slavery and created a tra- trap door for certain people Um, to be put back into slavery and this needs to change it needs to end Um, when has that happened in the last 150 years since the passage or ratification of the 13th amendment It, it hasn't happened it's never been brought up with any president we have not revisited the issue of slavery even though clearly people knew what was going on uh, after the Civil War with the convict leasing system. And then they also, you know, knew um, or should have known, especially politicians, about the explosion in the prison population and then the privatization of pri- prison labor. And so, bunk all that other stuff that people talking about. I ain't trying to talk about no whole bunch of side issues or or person's use of words. And I'm talking about that truth bomb right there. How are we going to address that truth bomb? Um, So I want to talk about that. As I saw Snoop Dogg, and I I think he's still going under Snoop Dogg. It might be Snoop Lion. I know he had changed it, or I read something about him changing it to Snoop Lion. And of course, we're not talking legal legal name changes, at least I don't think, but I remember that he was, hey, I don't go by Snoop Dogg no more, I go by Snoop Lion, because I'm trying to get my foot in the door into this Jamaican dance hall music, you know, they might, a couple of artists could pay me to um, leave some hooks and stuff, you know, and so apparently though, he's not doing the Jamaican thing, or he's not focusing on the Jamaican thing, so he was on a Christian television network station uh, today, I should say cable channel. He was on a, re- a religious cable channel, World Net Daily, something like that. Not World Net Daily. I forget the name of it because I don't watch it, uh, but I came across it. So Snoop Dogg uh, was on there criticizing Kanye West and said some pretty ridiculous things and showed me that Kanye West understand the issues better than you do. You're on here talking about we need to wait till there's a hip-hop president because we got these young people and all these generations been living under hip-hop and hip-hop is love and so uh, we shouldn't be uh, trying trying to uh, um, 
I guess what he was saying was we shouldn't be trying to sit down with Donald Trump and talk about nothing. We should have nothing to do with Donald Trump after the things that he said and done in the past, you know, uh, bump that Kanye tripping. Uh, we, 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 we'll have some hip hop presidents here in the future. I'm like really dogging and, and, you know, I hope nobody brings you on as a serious political analyst because that right there is just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, I don't know why that was brought up, but uh, but they were also asking him about his foray in the gospel music. He's not really singing gospel song, but he's adding little rap hooks to gospel music. And so he's trying to make so I imagine that's why he was on this Christian um, uh, radio station as Snoop Dogg's trying to make a comeback through gospel um, now. And so anyway. I was taken aback by by that, and I'll comment on it a little more, um, but I want to introduce to you another story that I've um, come across, and everybody was clowning Kanye West after he talked about the 13th Amendment uh, the first time by putting it on Twitter. Then, he's, then he corrected something he said in the first tweet, still second tweet concerning prison slavery and the 13th Amendment. Then he gives an interview Matter of fact, a couple of interviews where he talking about the 13th Amendment, prison slavery, lack of jobs, lack, lack of education. Um, um, then yesterday in the Oval Office, again, he drops the 13th Amendment truth bomb on the desk of the POTUS. First time that's happened in the history since in 150, the past 150 plus years of U.S. history, nobody has made that an issue and dropped it on the desk of the President of the United States of America Incorporated. Nobody. Al Sharpton didn't do it. He didn't even drop it on the Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner uh, table when he was having dinner in the White House with Barack Obama, a descendant, a descendant of, of slavery. And I know some people... Uh, think that he has uh, he he doesn't have that connection because his father is from Kenya, but through his white mama, and this goes back to what we were talking about the other day um, as we was discussing this book and this lecture we were listening to on New Abolitionist Radio about the creation of white people. But through his white mama, he's a descendant of John Punch, the first African sentenced to a lifetime of slavery in the colony. Of Virginia, so yes, Barack Obama is a descendant of victims of American slavery. Yes, he, yes, he is, and no, and he didn't bring it up. The Thirteenth Amendment, even though he's a constitutional lawyer, Al Sharpton didn't say nothing to him about it. I don't think him and Jesse Jackson was really on speaking terms after Jesse Jackson was heard on a hot mic saying we need to cut his balls off. Um, matter of fact, Kanye West was mentioning balls yesterday in the Oval Office. So, I mean, it was some craziness. You, y'all know Kanye. Kanye's keeping it real. That's what I'm going to call it. He was keeping it real, but he was dropping some truth bombs. And he was talking about some very important issues that I think that a lot of other people was talking about him. So, why y'all mad at Kanye? Because he's talking about those very same issues, but talking to him with Donald Trump. That makes no no sense. That was a historic day, but we got people like um, Snoop Dogg saying, criticizing Kanye for talking to uh, a suspected racist, whether you want to say that he's been confirmed to be a racist, if you want to bring up his history. And that was brought up during that press conference, and Kanye was like, hey, that's not going to stop me, basically, in a codified manner. And then they try to get him in the trap of, are you saying that Donald Trump's racist and despite him being racist, you still willing to work with him on this stuff you talking about? And and so, you know, I, I don't want to rehash all of that. But I don't know what these people were watching, but I watched the same thing. And, and I saw that Don Lemon didn't even watch it, said he had to turn the TV off. Now, he probably fronting because his job as a journalist would have been to watch it in it, the 20 minutes in its entirety. He, Dude, you getting paid six figures 
to come on cable news every night. Come on cable news every night. And you mean to tell me that that's your report is I, I was so disgusted. I turned the TV off. So that, that, that means I don't care any, why are you even talking on it? If you admitting that you didn't even watch it because there was plenty that was dropped on the table for any serious journalist to delve deeper into and start asking questions, which none of those reporters in in that room um, took the opportunity to ask any serious questions related to the job issues Kanye was bringing up. Uh, definitely didn't say nothing about the prison slavery and 13th Amendment issue. They didn't ask him none of that. And none of these so-called critics out there are talking about those very real issues. Okay. Now, the day after Kanye dropped this on the president's desk, day after, and and after a week long, I guess we could call it a week, a week long campaign to inform people that the 13th Amendment didn't abolish slavery. Um, He said we need to abolish it. Then he changed it, said he needed to amend it. But if we're talking the U.S. Constitution, the real deal, which I was recently, you know, my language on it uh, corrected. If we're talking the federal constitution, we're talking about a repeal of the 13th Amendment and a replacement of that amendment. So Kanye got that started. Now, a day, a, a, a day after, he brings up the 13th Amendment again. Uh, the actor or actress who has been at the center of the Me Too movement, Alyssa Milano. She was at the uh, uh, center of attention or some attention. I ain't going to say center of attention, but she attended the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court um, nomination hearing. Um, She was there seen in the front row uh, holding up book covers um, strategically so, you know, people would, see the title of this book and possibly go buy this book and what what have you. Um, so today she's talking about we need an equal rights amendment for women. And USA Today put um, some fake news found its way into a USA Today article that stated that men and women don't have equal protection under the law in the United States. And so the whole argument from not just Alyssa Milano, she didn't speak specifically on this, but but yes, she was in a way. But then you have this organization that works on pushing this constitutional amendment. They're saying that the Constitution left women out, that there's no nothing in the Constitution that protects women, that gives them equal rights, like they are living like some second-class citizens, like Alyssa Milano is a second-class citizen. Compared to who? See, now what we're seeing here, and I hate to go here, but I have to go where where it takes me, but it, it seems to me that we got a bunch of privileged white women taking a legitimate issue and Me Too is a legitimate issue. And just like I said, Cap shouldn't have racialized um, the issue of police brutality because uh, it, it's a it's a national issue and it affects people of different nationalities and different classifications that was created by this, this racist, racist nation. It's enough to just to say people shouldn't be brutalized by the police. But just so, just like I had that small constructive criticism for the Kaepernick people, I, you know, the same thing with the Me Too movement. You genderized it, and and that gives the face of that that presents to me and to the public. Oh, you don't care about men who are victims of sexual assault, and what about children who are victims of sexual assault? Male children, of course, we know y'all including. Of female children, but what? Why would you genderize the issue? Shouldn't it be? Wouldn't justice be? Nobody should be sexually assaulted. Nobody should be raped. Why do we want to genderize it? And then it turns into arguments of men versus women instead of justice. Nobody should be raped. So, 
I will off, uh, uh, put that criticism out there. Me Too movement shouldn't be a genderized women's movement. It should be a people movement that's pushing for justice in the area, the people activity area as defined by Mr. Neely Fuller uh, of sex and law. You could add law as well. So are they right? We, I have done the research. It took me less than 10 minutes to pull up all I needed to know. And there's going to be a key figure in this. Her name is Alice Paul. I looked her up. This is why I'm saying this is fake news because the 19th Amendment does mention it's a it's a gender specific amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which shouldn't exist, in, in my opinion. If we're going to redo the Constitution. Let's remove all this gender uh, based language. And it should just simply say citizens. Now, the 19th Amendment does protect the voting rights of women. And that was passed in the 1920. 20. So what these people like Alyssa Milano, Milano and this other person is saying that works at this organization is saying is that uh, outside of that, women don't have any protections under the Constitution. But that's a lie. In ten, less than 10 minutes of research would have shown that. So I'm thinking now, uh, uh, y'all bear with me now. I'm, I'm going to get conspiracy minded. I don't have any evidence or any proof for this conspiracy but it just the timing for the Me Too movement to start talking about a constitutional amendment and and wanting to bring back this 1970, I think it was 1972 Equal Rights Amendment, uh, uh, which was almost ratified but failed to get the requisite number, a uh, required number of states, and so just barely, uh, you know, it failed. This was in the 1970s. But my research to shows me that that wasn't even needed because the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which this very woman, Alice Paul, who was instrumental in passing the uh, 13th, oh, excuse me, 19th Amendment, which protect women's voting rights, okay, she is also the one who I, I think wrote up or, or was pushing the, yeah, she was the one who was introducing the uh, Equal Rights Amendment with gender-specific language, all right? Um, but she was the one who got sex as a category added to the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which a lot of people attribute to only protecting black people because black people fought for it pushed for it, was on the front lines, but behind the scenes, you also had people like Alice Paul, uh, who was part of that, and she is the one who got sex added as a protected category against discrimination. So, why, given these facts, why are these people dropping these lies, and why isn't anyone clowning Alyssa Milano or any of these people advocating for um this equal rights amendment and telling us that women don't have equal protection under the law in the United States. Why isn't anybody uh, 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 deriding them or chiding them or picking at them and talking about they don't know what they talking about or saying they must be off their meds because this is what the research says. So what are, what are you talking about? Is the Me Too movement uh, uh, advocates off their meds or something? And then for you to do this right after Kanye brings up the need to do something about the 13th Amendment, which is going to have to be through a constitutional convention. And it has to be repealed and replaced with amendment that removes the prison slavery exception clause. That, so, so why would you do that the day after? Did you say, oh, Kanye bringing up the 13th Amendment? Let me talk about how women ain't got no amendment protecting their rights and Kanye over there clowning because he wants to abolish the amendment that abolished slavery when clearly the 13th Amendment did not abolish slavery. All these experts have put it out there. Other articles have been put out there for, for in the last 
I would say four months, mainstream articles have finally started acknowledging the 13th Amendment does not abolish slavery, including the History Channel. It, you know, the name drop, go to the History Channel. They did, they did an article on it. Kanye ain't tripping. This is what he means. So the day after, I mean, again, after this period of, of abolitionists advancing this information, this knowledge that slavery has never been abolished and we need a constitutional amendment the day after here come the Me Too movement. Dare I say privileged white women claiming to be second class citizens. Second class citizens to who? To white men? Because you're certainly, a white woman certainly cannot claim to have all the hardships of all of non-white people regardless of gender. Obviously, you have individuals that are struggling all over America, but these people that's leading this Me Too movement or being put out front by the media or by whoever, these people ain't, hey, these people ain't struggling as no second-class citizens. So I want to I want to get into some of my research, but uh, again, if you have any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056, hit star star again. I'm only gonna I'm only gonna be on air for an hour, so let me jump right into right into this. Here's you know fake news. This is fake news. USA Today published a story today. And they have one of those busy websites and it takes a while for the browser to load everything. Um, but here's the title of the article. It was written by Nicole Grudiano. Alyssa Milano, an equal rights amendment would have helped Christine Blasey for. How would an equal rights amendment have helped Christine Blasey for? Helped her do what exactly? To Alyssa Milano, the Kavanaugh Ford hearing underscores a point many women have been arguing for nearly 100 years. The country needs an equal rights amendment. The actress and activist who helped launch the Me Too movement with the tweet this time last year told USA Today that an ERA would have helped Christine Blasey Ford, who testified in an emotional Senate Judiciary Committee hearing last month, that she was sexually assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh in high school. Kavanaugh denied those allegations and others and was sworn in Saturday as a Supreme Court justice. When we are not in the Constitution for any protections except for the right to vote, I think that it allows for a perspective of a perspective of lesser than Milano said. It will just put women on an equal footing in the legal system, particularly in areas where women have historically been treated like second-class citizens, especially in cases of domestic violence and sexual assault. Now, this is what I have to say to, about everything she just said. It's all a pile of doo-doo, a pile of crap. This is straight-up BS. This is bull hockey, whatever you want to call it. This is garbage. This is garbage. Now, Christine, let, let's just put it this. Sexual assault and domestic violence are crimes. Yes, in the 1960s and prior, um, if you want to take it way back to the, the 1800s, early uh, 1700s, excuse me, the 1700s and 1600s. I was just listening to this on another lecture. How, by law, a man could beat his wife, the uh, lady who was doing a lecture on the creation of white people. They were talking about women. She was talking about women in her in her lecture. And she was saying, you know, how women could be beat and they couldn't, you know, they didn't have any control if they were over the pay. The man was the head of everything. Yes, it was like that for a very, very long time up until the 1960s. And then it still continues uh, in a way, but not because of a lack of legal protections or a lack of constitutional protections, but a lack of law enforcement enforcing criminal codes against white males. Okay, it's a cultural thing. This ain't got nothing to do with the legalities or the law or anything like that. 
Now, Christine, it, this happened in 1984 or some sometime thereabout when I was in high school. Guess what? If you rape somebody, you could be charged with rape. If you sexually assault someone, you could be charged with sexual assault. There's no lack of people that was being prosecuted for uh, uh, what Christine Blasey Ford described happened to her. But she didn't tell anybody she didn't report. Okay? But to take that and then say when she gives a hearing and saying that this happened to me 30 years ago and you shouldn't you shouldn't confirm this man because he's of low character and, and what have you, to take that and then say women don't have any constitutional protections or legal protections against domestic violence and sexual assault. It's just a flat out lie. Every I don't know where you are in the United States, but at most convenience stores in, in the area I live in, in North Carolina, you go to the, the counter, you know, you had these little magazines and newspapers. They got one called the Slammer. And it's everybody who was just arrested in the last 24 hours. And on Monday's edition, you know, I, I think it will run Monday through, through Friday or something like that. But anyway, um, it, whatever you was arrested for, and you will find in the in the slammer a bunch of people. I don't want to exaggerate and say a bunch of people, but you will find cases of people being charged with rape, sexual assault, domestic violence, and what have you. This is also to this is also dismissing the work of the 60 era civil rights workers. So and then number two, the 14th Amendment, which was passed after the Civil War, one of the so-called Reconstruction Amendments, which has an exception clause also that uh, allows them to uh, give you slave status for uh, as a um, punishment for crime. A lot of people don't know that's in the 14th Amendment, but it is as well. Um, but this is what the 14th Amendment says. Overview. This is coming to you from Legal Information Institute from the Cornell Law School. The 14th Amendment contains a number of important concepts, most famously state action, privileges, and immunities, citizenship, due process, and equal protection, all of which are in, contained in Section 1. However, the 14th Amendment contains four other sections. Section 2 deals with the apportionment of representatives to Congress. Section 3 forbids anyone who participated in insurrection or rebellion against the United States from holding federal office. Section 4 addresses federal debt and repudiates debts accrued by the Confederacy. Section 5 expressly authorizes Congress to enforce the 14th Amendment by appropriate legislation. They left out uh, something from section two and section two allows them to strip you of your voting rights if you get convicted of, of a crime that's also in the 14th amendment but let's go to section one which contains the equal protection clause all of that's wrapped up in there okay so um i'm just looking for the text here on their website Equal Protection. The Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment is one of the most litigated sections of the Constitution. As a brief overview, the clause refers to the fact that all citizens of the United States are guaranteed equal protection under the laws of the United States. When a statute or ordinance discriminates against an individual or class of individuals and those individuals sue, the court will apply one of three levels of scrutiny to the law in question. So, that right there in the conversation, in the story, Alyssa Milano, this other woman, let me put her name out there, Carol Robos Roman, co-president and CEO of the ERA Coalition. Again, they're trying to uh, uh, ratify um, an amendment called the Equal Rights Amendment with gender-specific language in it in order to garner support for this effort, they're telling lies about women don't or aren't protected. I just read to you the 14th Amendment. It, it's a, Alyssa Milano, a U.S. citizen, 
The question is yes, right? Is this woman Carol Robo, Robo's Roman, co-president and CEO of the ERA coalition? I can't state as a matter of fact that she's a U.S. citizen, but I'm going to assume she's a U.S. citizen. She's talking about amending the Constitution uh, to for to and add this Equal Rights Amendment to the Constitution. Is she a U.S. citizen? If the answer is yes, why are these people lying? Do you know after um, this woman... Let's talk about the 19th Amendment. There is a woman by the name of Alice Paul who was a feminist or a suffragist, however, she a women's rights activist. Her name was Alice Stokes Paul. She was born in um, 1885 and died in 1977. She's described as an American suffragist feminist and women rights activists and one of the main leaders and strategists of the campaign for the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which prohibits sex discrimination in the right to vote. Paul initiated and along with Lucy Burns and other strategized events such as the women's suffrage procession and silent sentinels, which were part of the successful campaign that resulted in the amendment's passage in the 1920. She spent a half a century as a leader of the National Women's Party, which fought for the Equal Rights Amendment, which was written by Paul and Crystal Eastman to secure constitutional equality for women. She won a large degree of success with the inclusion of women as a protected group against discrimination by the Civil Rights Act of 1964. End of story right there. Why do we need to waste time, energy, resources on passing a constitutional amendment? Because that's a big deal right there. That's no small thing. When you're talking about messing with a U.S. Constitution or adding to it to take away, away from it. That's funny, though, the whole process. Again, talking about getting rid of slavery out the U.S. Constitution and making it all forms of slavery illegal. You have to repeal the 13th Amendment. You have to add another amendment, which we would hope would be the 28th Amendment, to take away from the Constitution. You got to add another, you got to add to it to take it away. And so to take away the exception clause that permits prison slavery, which Kanye's been bringing to the world's attention here lately, we need to repeal it and replace it with a 28th Amendment that removes that language. It just says slavery and involuntary servitude shall be abolished. Period. No exceptions. So that's where I think the masses need to put their energy. Are women um, affected by prison slavery? Most certainly they are. They are the fastest growing demographic in the United States. When we talk about slavery, oh man, I, I got these headphones. I'm sorry if my voice went down a little. I was backed away from the mic. I, I'm wearing my headphones and I was thinking that I had a mic on my headphones because that's how I used to broadcast, but excuse me. But women are the fastest growing demographic in terms of prison slaves, especially at the state level. So they would, they are a group. Again, that's why I try to tell people the new abolitionist movement isn't a black movement. It isn't a white movement. It's not a Native American movement. It's not a Puerto Rican movement. It's not a color-coded labelized movement. It's about ending slavery as a matter of law in the United States through its federal constitution and individual state constitutions slavery is still legal that they use against people as punishment for crime okay so the timing just and, and you know the timing is suspect yeah let's take the focus off the 13th amendment and put it on the equal rights amendment even though we already got equal rights. You know, it was part of that 1964 uh, legislation. Not only are they covered by the 14th Amendment as citizens, but they are also covered in the 1964 Civil Rights uh, uh, Bill. Let me pull it up to state what it say. Because again, these women just said, 
that women don't have equal protection under the law in the United States and then want to say if we had this Equal Rights Amendment, see, then we could prosecute rapists and sexual assaulters like Brett Kavanaugh and all that, which Brett Kavanaugh would have been investigated if it had been reported. Let's not get it, people into their emotions and all of that, and then we throw logic or we're not examining what these people are saying, and in this case, lying about to confuse us. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 in, uh, is a landmark civil rights and U.S. labor law in the United States that outlaws discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Now here, here, here is now they took they borrowed that language in this USA Today article, but they left sex out. Again, this is why I'm calling this fake news. This is deceptive, and I dare call this person a journalist. Let me find the exact uh, part. Y'all, excuse me. I'm gonna do some speed re reading. Okay, I went through that already. Uh, when we are not in the Constitution for any protections except see, we, that's. Scotty Reed did the research and has determined that is a lie. All right. So anyway, um, that is why the next battle, this is the, they're telling you this is the next Me Too battle must be the one to amend the Constitution to put women in it. Again, waste of time, waste of resources, been there, done already. Elected officials have made limited progress in changing laws in the wake of Me Too scandals. And ERA advocates said would make the most definitive difference because it would not be subject to the whims of legislators and presidents. It will be subject to the Constitution. It will be subject to interpretation by the judicial branch. But again, you already have equal protection. The amendment, so let me go on. Voters elected more new women. Um, Nita Hill brought the women, two women in this country. Because they did a study. Okay, yeah, let me jump down. They did a study. The ERA will prohibit denying equal rights on the basis of sex in the same way the United States prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, religion, and national origin. Period. They, I'm telling you, on purpose, these people left sex out of there, okay? Because then that means that, oh, they're not going to get a bunch of women and other organizations to donate money to this organization to push this amendment when it's not even needed. So, of course, they're going to leave out sex when they're quoting the 1964 Civil Rights Act. It will give women new legal recourse on issues including pay equity, gender-based violence, and pregnancy discrimination. Look, there have been laws already on the books for this. Sounds like Me Too has nothing to do but make accusations and tell lies. All of this stuff has been addressed by legislation. And I'm just being frank and honest. It seems like a privileged white woman's movement. And it ain't, it don't care about the United States practicing slavery against men, women, and children of many different religions, national origins, obviously their sex, disabilities, and therefore, and so forth. I hate dishonesty. Listen, they commissioned a study. Most Americans mistakenly say men and women are already guaranteed equal rights in the U.S. Constitution. According to polling commission on behalf of the ERA Coalition Fund for Women's Equality, the Me, Me Too movement made sexual equality part of the national conversation, drawing attention to the fact that the ERA has, hasn't been ratified. Because it don't need to be. It was in all of that was covered in the 64 Civil Rights Act. Women have been taking their employers to court for sexual harassment, for unequal pay. But again, let me just keep it real here. 
When I went to the EEOC to file a complaint about this white woman who didn't have my education, didn't have my experience, we both doing the same job and she making about $10,000 a year more than me. And I'm saying it's racism and they telling me, well, she's a protected status too. So, you know, um, white women, you're doing a whole lot better than the vast majority of black males. And women, period, are doing far more better than every non-white white male. Your CEOs and, and you know, I'm not even going to get into that because, you know, then I'm going where they want me to. This isn't a gender issue. Why are they trying to take momentum and be, to do something? This already been done. You got the 19th Amendment. You got the 1964 Civil Rights Act. You got laws on the books against rape, sexual assault, and all, all of that. What am I missing here? Can somebody explain to me what, what I'm failing to see in terms of whether or not women are lacking protection? Because I'm just not seeing it. Again, and I'm going to leave it alone because I'm going to get ready to wrap up the program. They're protected as, with their status of U.S. citizen. That's in the 14th Amendment. They were before the fourth. Uh, then they were protected later in terms of voting rights by the 19th Amendment. Because the 14th Amendment, or is it the 14th? I think it's the 14th. I have to revisit it. But it does mention voting rights for black men. So, um, you know, there was that issue. That, it genderized, and that language still in there. So I guess they was repealing that section of whichever amendment, I want to say the 14th Amendment, that gave black men the right to vote. I could be mistaken, but later that was repealed by replacing it with the 19th Amendment, which just simply said women can't be discriminated against in, in, in their voting rights. Unless, you know, we invoke that exception clause in the 14th Amendment that if you uh, commit a crime and you've been branded a 13th Amendment slave, then you, you lose uh, other constitutional rights. Yeah. That's happening to men and women. Again, not a gender-specific issue. Slavery is not a gender-specific issue. It affects us all. It affects, uh, uh, it's impacting human beings on planet Earth. So these some very dishonest people seem like they're grasping at straws to continue to, to stay relevant in the media and calling for an amendment that we already have of laws and protections. Sound like we got somebody on the line. I'm hearing um, someone, did someone have a question or comment as we go to wrap it up? Hello? Area code yes. 662. Uh, hello, yes. Thank y'all for taking my call. You're welcome. I'm getting some feedback. Okay, try now. Okay, um, yeah, now I can't, I can barely hear you. But anyway, uh, as you were speaking on that, it, I reflected back. I'm in my mid-60s, I guess, and I remember earlier when I was being exposed to how society or the system of this country worked. As we was given the laws and rights that they put on the books to protect us or bring us up to a level of equalness. What I notice as I watch this thing progress, our rights, I notice that the white female was pushed out among us. I mean black males when I say among us. And uh the privilege that a lot of privilege that we was entitled to, they winded up getting them. And, and and along with the sisters as well, but they were the the spear, the white female, to counteract what we was doing because the way I seen it, they was living in the same houses, came from the households of the people, which was the white male that we was uh, uh, protesting against. So that was one of the tools that they used then, and they continue to use it as you spoke on this. All of this, I, I, I reminisce back on that. Yeah. And, and let, let me drop this on you. Let me drop this on you. Thank you for listening. 
Yeah, let me drop this on, on the listeners, and thank you for your call. I can, I can barely hear you, Scotty. Okay. Can anybody else hear me in, in the chat room? Can y'all hear me? That might be, be your phone because I'm showing I'm coming through fine uh, on the podcast. Okay. Um, yeah, my audio meters look fine, so that might be in your end. You might be able to catch it on the podcast, and you could get my uh, reply. But thank you for your call and bringing that up. Because I did make a mental note, and I might have skipped it if not for your call. But remember I mentioned this woman, Alice Paul, okay, born 1885, died in 1977. Uh, she was the right uh, big supporter and lobbyist for the Equal Rights Amendment, which barely missed being ratified in the 1970s, okay? Now, in 1964, though, she was able to get women as a protected status in civil rights protection. But again, even with their status as U.S. citizens, the 14th Amendment gives them equal rights. So, you know, again, these are nothing but lies. But to the point of the caller, that many of these feminist type women that, um, you know, was out there talking about we need rights and stuff like that. They were in the same households of the white men that was denying non-white people, specifically black people, Mexicans, Indians, Chinese. They, they wasn't advocates. So I can't, I haven't, I haven't gone deep in the research that I can call Alice Stokes Paul a racist, but I will call her a racist suspect until further notice. Okay, because let me go down to this guy that she was working with in the in the in the Senate that she ain't had no problem uh, working with. It mentions it mentions this. Okay, um, but there's this guy while I'm looking for it. Uh, prison, prisons hunger strike passage of the 19th Amendment. I'm gonna have to revisit that equal rights uh, equal rights amendments 1964 civil personal life and death. Um, Man, I should have bookmarked this. I can't find it right now. Um, early life, uh, education, uh, Britain, early work in, Brit in, in British women suffrage. Okay. In 1907, after completing her master's degree at the University of Pennsylvania, she moved to England, where she eventually became deeply involved in the British suffrage uh, movement. Okay, let me jump forward. There was a guy that she was working with who was in the Congress, who was against equal rights for black people. And it's mentioned in here, um, and it talks about his name, but I don't see it, 1913 Women's Procession. procession. Uh, let me see, the Security Rights... Uh, Susan B. Anthony, National Women's Party, because I want to find this for y'all before, before I close out. Um, I was just reading it. Equal Rights Amendment. Okay. I think it's here. Paul played a, rate, a major role. Okay, yeah. Here's the section. It's under the Section 1964 Civil Rights Act. Paul played a major role in adding protection for women in the Civil Rights Act of 64, despite the opposition of liberals who feared it would end protective labor laws for women. So again, you know, laws and, and, and rules are already in place. The prohibition of sex discrimination was added to the Civil Rights Act by Howard W. Smith, a powerful Virginia Democrat who chaired the House Rules Committee. Smith's amendment was passed by a teller vote of 168 to 133. For 20 years, Smith had sponsored the Equal Rights Amendment in the House because he believed in equal rights for women, even though he opposed equal rights for blacks. For decades, he had been close to the National Woman's Party and especially to Paul. So when, when, when you're described to me as having a close, um, you could say political relationship, personal relationship, social relationship, um, he working with you and your party uh, to get equal rights for women, but he's a racist and wants to deny it for black people, then I would say you are too. And I don't see anything that I've read about her thus far where she's advocating for the the uh, uh, equal rights of black women or black people or any non-white people. Okay? 
So it did sound like to me she was part of that equal rights for white people uh, and nobody else. She want to be a master just like her husband or her father or her cousin. And I don't mean to be painting with broad strokes, but, you know, um, these people got me a little pissed off the day after the 13th Amendment, which legalized slavery and human trafficking as punishment for crime in the United States in 1865. And that's being put front and center. And here we got these Me Too people, Alisa, uh, Alyssa Milano and this other woman telling straight up lies about the women don't have no protections, no equal protection. Give me a damn break. Anyway, that's my program. Um, I'm going to start trying to keep these programs short and concise um, be more um, best steward of my time and but I appreciate the phone calls so just get used to only an hour and get your calls in the last 15 minutes um, but you know not going to be talking about a whole bunch of topics but bring up you know just a couple of topics uh, for you but again you know Snoop Dogg if y'all ain't seen that he trying to criticize Kanye talking about you know that sends a bad message that this man has said this that and the other about black people or harming black people and he's supported by racists and with Kanye uh, willing to work with him that sends the wrong message no we don't care about sending no message or let me speak let me speak as a, a observer I can't speak for Kanye I don't care I don't, I don't care what Trump has said or is saying what matters is Somebody is confronting him with the 13th Amendment, prison slavery, and nobody else has gotten Trump, who did acknowledge, as I read yesterday, that the criminal justice system has been racist towards black people. He admitted to that. Who else has gotten him to admit to something like that? And nor did he deny that they're practicing slavery. This all went down in the Oval Office. And you talking and, and you talking about waiting on some hip hop presidents and, and what what kind of message is that sending? Man, give me a break. Anyway, that's my program. I will be back on air Monday um evening, God willing. It's the weekend. Slave Catch is gonna be out in full force with the roadblocks, checking for drunk drivers, and you shouldn't be out there drunk driving or under the influence of any kind of drug that that impairs your driving, people getting killed out there on that highway, and it's a serious issue. But we know the, the slave catch is going to be out there with the roadblocks and what have you, so don't get caught slipping behind the enemy lines and find yourself in 21st century slavery and human trafficking. With that stated, peace and blessings to all. Be safe. 